From the podcasting studio in the Reynolds School of Journalism, this is Residual Culture. A media mixtape. I'm Joey Lovato. And I'm Ben Birkenbein. We're circling back around to video games again, Ben. We are, Finally. Joey. We only had one episode on it. We did, yeah. Well, I mean, we, I, you know, like we've, like we said, we were doing, and this is a conscious choice, is that we went back and we started laying out broad areas of territory. Some episodes were specific about, you know, directors or whatever, but now we want to go back and start revisiting some of those old uh, media forms and getting a little bit more specific. So today, we're not only talking about video games; we're talking about a very specific type of video game: strategy video games. Strategy video games. And I know that that's the, even that's kind of broad because I think. Um, there's been in the last, uh, I would say, like seven or eight years, there's been this emergence of the MOBA, um, which is like a League of Legends, Dota, um, games like that. What's the acronym stand for? Um, mm-hmm. Massive I, Multiplayer Online. It's Massive Online Battle, battle, battle Arena. Battle Arena. Yeah, Massive sure. Online Battle Arena. Um, and so while those games, I think, definitely take a lot of strategy, I, I'm going for like the classic, like there's two kinds. You got turn-based strategy and you got real-time strategy. Okay, wait. Hold on. So we're talking StarCraft and we're talking <laughs> we're talking Warcraft. We're talking um, like Civilization, games like that. I think that sounds great. But here, can I just, before we even just like get into the topic, can sure, I sure. just like, I want to circle back and I just want to tell you, I have just been consuming a lot of media lately. Yeah, well, yeah, I was, and that's what I was going to bring up is we're going to circle, we're going to come, we're going to come back to video games, but we wanted to kind of catch you guys up because we had an episode on Tarantino a few weeks ago. Exactly. And we also had an episode on animated TV shows a, a few weeks ago, like yes. a, a while ago. And so, Ben, you've kind of caught up to them and we want to talk about it real quick. I've, yeah, I just want to do some quick snap reviews of stuff I've been watching recently. Sure, yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, I, I finally went back to Tarantino. I finally saw... You know, uh, The Hateful Eight. Yeah. Which you did not like. No, I don't think it's a very good movie. And I, let me put it this way. I liked it. Okay. But I think I would still keep it ranked around the same spot, you know, ahead of- The bottom of of your list. (laughs) at the bottom. Only because, here's what, here's what. I don't think it was a bad movie. I think that actually it, it kept me interested the whole time. You're kind of wondering what's going to happen next, et cetera, et cetera. You had a take, though, that I seem to remember that I kind of wanted to ask you about. You said that, like, the end doesn't make sense. And sorry to put you on the spot. No, but do you remember? I do. And it's not the end. It's the twist, right? Quote, unquote, the twist. And, I mean, we'll give some spoilers here for The Hateful Eight, which is that, like, what's-her-name's brother and all these dudes had gotten there beforehand and were hiding in the right. floorboards. Yeah. And the reason that twist doesn't make sense is because I think a twist, which we will get into soon. We're going to talk about movies with twists soon. Mm-hmm. But a twist should have a um, an element where you can predict it. Yeah. This, there was no way. There was. No, there wasn't. There, in fact, I was, you know, and it wasn't even that I was looking for that, but there are moments earlier in the film, if you go back and watch, they sort of allude to this thing. There's like this weird kind of, there's like a, one of the candies is on the floor and Samuel L. Jackson's character looks down and notices it. And the, the camera kind of pans down, like almost underneath the floorboards. You know what I mean? They don't quite show anybody, but there's all these kind of like hints that there's something going on. I see. I didn't get that from the movie. I feel like when you have a movie with a twist like that, you need to be able to see it coming. You need to be, or you, like you want. You don't need to be able to see it coming. But when you when you rewatch the movie, you need to be like, oh my god, there were all these like allusions to it. Like I should have seen it coming. But there's you, you. You can't have guessed that. It's not possible. Well, I did guess it mm-hmm. because yeah. I am you? a seasoned film watcher. Wow, man! I wish I was. Uh... And uh, <laughs> and I think I think that you would too if you went back and watched it. It's a long. It's I kind of a long movie. That but that's movie. what I mean. I, so we don't really need to get down into the woods too much. Uh, so, but anyways. <laughs> I, I did watch that. Music yeah. was great. That Neo movie Morricone. takes place in the woods. 
yes, it does a little bit. Anyway, I guess would. We'll okay, move okay, on past fine. The yeah, pun. Exactly. The music was good. Music is really good. Um, yeah, it, it played almost like a like a like an like a play. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like yeah. um, it wasn't like we said. Uh, whatever. We, we could get probably off on too much of a tangent, but um, anyways, I thought it was. I thought it was okay. You thought it was okay. What would you have fixed? Like, what would be better about it? Just real quick. What would I fix? Uh, oh man, I oh gosh, um, I can't answer that right now. That's all right. Sure, yeah. you put me on the spot. I can't. That, answer. That's okay. But you, okay, so other than the hate bullet, you've also caught up and you watched the first episode of BoJack Horseman. BoJack Horseman finally gave it a shot. I think that show takes a couple episodes to get into. I will uh, say that. I think it feels like that it would. <laughs> okay. Take, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. It feels like it would take a couple uh, episodes because. I didn't, there was like, there were a couple moments, maybe two moments that I sort of like smirked. You know what I mean? It's not really a funny show. But there wasn't, yeah, it wasn't just like stuff that I was like. It's like a sad, it's a drama. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't really like laughing out loud and I kind of expected it to be funny. Mm -hmm. um, But even though you've said it's like kind of dark, uh, which it looks like it could be. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so I'm, I'm like mildly interested. The other thing that I'm thinking is like, it's the, I go back to that same thing. Like, do I. Do I want to commit? You know what I mean? Oh, I, I, I totally, to I totally understand. Show? I don't know. I mean, committing to a show, I think, is like a, the conundrum of the of our generation. <laughs> but then again, I have a couple. I have a couple shows um, that are like kind of just like on my Netflix list. That you know, when I don't know what else I want to watch, it's like let me watch another episode of this and see if mm-hmm. I can get it going. So I've, I put it on my list. It's up there with some others, or just things that I haven't like sat down and tried to like binge watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, anyways, all that is my very snap judgment on stuff we've been watching. But man, I've I've also watched like a lot of stand up comedy, a lot of documentaries like, too, quite a few documentaries. Um, yeah, I've just been on a tear. Good. Well, good. Well, it's good. 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 Uh, good fodder. For- good fodder for residual culture. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll start talking about those soon. I promise. Exactly. But anyway, let's 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 loop back around to video games now. Strategy. Like I said, strategy video games. What was the first strategy video game you played? Oh gosh, you know that is a really good, really good question. I feel like the first strategy. Now we're talking video games, right? Yeah, not not board games. Not board games, but the first the str- Stratego would have been my first uh, board game. <laughs> yeah, um, better chess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this, this is where we get into the problem of definition. You know what I mean? Mm, sure. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think, like, because like strategy, I don't, was I don't. It, was it, did you play Warcraft? I did not. Okay. No, and I'm trying to think if there were like any classic like earlier strategy games. You know what I mean? Like back in like Nintendo days. See, strategy video games didn't really become popular or even like accessible until people started gaming on their PCs because it's really hard to play a strategy video game on a console. At least back when right. we had, you know, the NES and the Sega Genesis and stuff like that. Because there were games that had like elements of that kind of strategy or like sure, e- for sure. exploration kind of strategy, mm-hmm. but they all kind of followed a a story arc as yeah, well. Yeah, and when you follow one character, I feel like you kind of get outside of that strategy video game. I think right. the point of a strategy video game is you're you're kind of commanding units. 
Yeah, exactly. Is, is a really, I mean, and not, not all of them are that way, but I would say the vast majority of strategy video games involve you dealing with units in some regard. You know, you're kind of this omnipotent god or a general or something, and you have a top-down view, and you're looking at, like, small little people, and you're clicking here, and you're going to move the worker here and the soldier there and the tank over there and the spy this way, and you're, you're controlling all of them independent of one another. Yeah, and I guess I'm thinking, like, uh, it... I'm sure that there were probably some like bad, you know, like some bad early games. Sure, yeah. But at the same time, I, I guess the one that stands out is StarCraft. Okay. Right? So you played the first StarCraft. I played the first StarCraft for a little bit, uh, but it was really a good friend of mine, uh, Travis, who was like really into StarCraft. <laughs> In fact, we just, we always kind of teased him about the fact that he was so into StarCraft. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I remember playing the original StarCraft and that was one of the first times where it was... You know, like an online, it was PC-based, real-time strategy, harvesting resources, building armies, sending it out, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but I was, I didn't play the first StarCraft like a lot. You know what I mean? Okay. Like I, I played it, but not a lot. But you're so now you're you're pretty into StarCraft too, though. Well, I rebooted my interest in StarCraft because I said I'm finally going to give this a shot. I just wanted to do it, and so. I I also wouldn't say that I'm pretty into playing it because I find it frustrating to play. It's hard. On, well, because I I have a laptop. You know what I mean. I don't have like a a, a designated PC like gaming PC. Yeah. You know. And that's where you really need to have something to play a strategy game, especially for those things. Usually, or, like sit down and like have a good keyboard and a good mouse. Like I'm playing like on a wireless <laughs> mouse and like a laptop pad, and it's just. I don't know. It's it's just really frustrating. Yeah. And the machine just gets overloaded. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Especially with, yeah, StarCraft can get a little bit hectic. Yeah. Um, but I do watch. Yeah, so you watch StarCraft. Yeah, so. I actually watch competitive StarCraft stuff because I find it fascinating. And so that's what I was going to say is I think strategy video games are some of the more fun spectator sports. Um, and they aren't, they aren't as, I think, as maybe fast-paced action-packed as maybe a MOBA, like I said, League of Legends or, or, or Dota. But there's definitely moments of that where, you know, you're clicking 10 units. You know, there's a in, – in strategy video games, there's CPM is, is measured, which is clicks yeah. per minute. Yeah. And, like, if you have to actually have, like, a certain amount of CPM to even be competitive. It's ridiculous. Like, the amount of clicks per minute. Yeah, you have to be able to, like, move things and think really fast and on your feet, especially when it comes to real-time strategy games. Um, and then there's the other side, which is the turn-based, which is a much more methodical chess-like game. And I feel like Usually. there, I, and then that's the thing that's kind of bothering me is like I, I, I feel like there's a turn-based strategy game, or there have been turn-based strategy games that I've played that I just can't recall. I know that you're a big Civ fan too. Yeah, I did play. I have been playing Civilization Six, but I should say uh, also though that's the first Civilization game I've played. Wait, really? Yeah. Is that really the Civ Six? Yeah. Huh. I didn't play any of the other Civilization. That's very games. surprising to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We should play some stuff six. Wait, six is the one that's currently out, right? Yeah, that's the yeah, newest okay. one. <laughs> For a second I had like, wait, was it seven? No, it's no, no, six. No, no, no. Six yes. is the newest one. Um I have not I, I've played about an hour of Civilization Six. I I played a lot of Civ Five and because I played so much of it, like I don't wanna like have to like learn the new minutia that is Civ Six, although I've heard it's it's fixed as a lot of things. See, I think that's back to your earlier point about even spectating like competitive video games. Provided you know what's going on. Well, yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Because like I've tried to watch competitive like League of Legends or Dota or, you know, basically anything that's the most popular right yeah, now. Yeah. And I just I don't I don't understand the game, so I don't 
I don't get into it. You know, I can't understand the nuances. Whereas like if I watch Starcraft, I know enough about the game to be like kind of Im- like super impressed by what people are doing. Yeah, you, the the effectiveness at which like someone can think about like moving something somewhere else. And I also think, although it doesn't apply to all of them, but I think that at least in Starcraft, I've heard really good casters. Oh like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. There's just good, like really exciting kind of casters. And the other person, the other uh, type of game that I find really entertaining to watch is actually competitive fighting games. Oh, because yeah, yeah. Well, and I think those are more, more like, it's easier to tell what's going on. It's easier, especially if you don't even know, you're like, okay, there's just a character versus a character. And like, let's see who's going to win. You know, Yeah, who's when you're watching StarCraft, you're kind of just, just watching like mobs of people just kind of smash into each other. And you're like, okay. <laughs> and, and that's where it really comes down to like a good caster to try and Say, like, here's mm-hmm. what's going on here. Here's the mistake that that person made, blah, blah, blah. What I'd like to bring up, I mean, it's it's really, really unfortunate, but um, one of the big StarCraft two casters just passed away recently, and he was also, like, a big video game reviewer, um, John Bain, Total Biscuit. Mm. Um, he had just passed away from uh, colon cancer, I believe, Whoa. about about two weeks ago as of recording this. <clears throat> Whoa. But, um, yeah, so... That's unfortunate. Yeah. But um, no, I think a, ca- a good caster is important for understanding, especially understanding RTS games, real-time strategy games. Yeah. Um, the first strategy game that I played- I was just going to ask you. Yeah, yeah you, you looked at me. I was like, oh, yeah. I took the breath and then you preempted I, it. I took your question. Um, was Okay, the first one I played was Age of Empires 2, which I think is a lot of people, especially my age, that's the lot, a lot of people started with. But it's not the first one I played heavily. The first, like, the first video game that I played- actively a lot was definitely Age of Mythology, hmm. um, which came out a couple years later. Uh, and Age of Mythology, I was really into Greek mythology as a kid, and so this game was, I was all about it. I mean, you're you're summoning, like, Pegasuses, and you're having them fight, um, um, like, trolls, and what's cool is that they have both Greek, Egyptian, and, uh, and, and Norse mythology. And so okay. you can have them all, like, you have, like, Odin fighting, um, like, Ra, from Egyptian mythology is awesome. And so those themes just appealed more to me as a child, and so I, I liked playing them more. Um, although I think Age of Empires 2 is still probably, like, a more effective game. Like, it's more balanced, right? Age of Empires 2 is, like, you play the French, you play the, the Chinese, you play the Germans, you play the English, and, like, everyone is relatively balanced. In Age of Mythology, it was kind of... Not everything was balanced properly, so, like, one guy would be a little bit stronger than everybody else. Hmm. But yeah, I, I think what's fun about strategy games too is you kind of get that grander scope of, of something, right? You're not just you're not just cl- you're not moving one character. Of trying to manage, like you said, I think that's another hallmark of it is like managing resources to some degree, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I, mean, I think it's a really good learning tool for a lot of people too, especially as a kid. I feel like I learned a lot playing Age of Mythology. And you kind of you kind of like because your decisions have consequences if the game is designed well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not totally like you said, like off balanced. Like, or if you just don't do this one thing, or if you only do this one thing, that's the only way to win the game. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So you played those two. So what is it that you like? I guess the reason we wanted to talk about strategy video games is because both of us had said we really like playing strategy video games. Yeah, Like yeah. strategy games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what is it about the games then that really, that you get into? I think it is that kind of that overarching, like I'm controlling a large, it's, it's, it's the broader sense of what I'm doing, um, especially in a game. I, I like the headiness of it. I like the like, you got to really think about things and your actions really do have consequences. And so like the scale. I like the scale. I like the like planning ahead. Um, I liked playing chess when I was a kid and I think that like strategy video games are a great kind of extension of that for me. Um, I really like playing the game. Um, Stellaris is the game that I've been playing a lot recently. 
And while the uh, the mid game of that game kind of drags on a bit, I find that you really have to plan ahead. Like one little misstep in the in like the early game. I mean, in these games will last you know five, six, seven, ten hours. Do you also real quick? Do you want to tell the listeners like the kind of premise of Stellaris? Oh yeah, Stellaris is basically. I mean, if you've ever played Civilization, it's kind of like Civilization in space. It's not turn based. It's real time, but resources come in on a monthly basis, which and every turn can take on like normal speed. I think a turn takes. 50 seconds hmm. um, but you can like increase or decrease speed or pause it so it is turn-based practically it's a very hard game to describe but it, it, it definitely bridges a gap between turn-based and real-time strategy but basically you would cho- you would choose what like a particular uh, a like race race and of what's cool about it is you can ever you, you there's no like presets you you build yeah, them you from the ground do, up yeah. i mean like i made like these slug people that were like oligarchs and they were really obsessed with like ecology so they were like great at like harvesting food from planets i think one of the things that so you've told me about this game before we've talked about it you've been trying you've been kind of prying me so like <laughs> hey hey you should play a star but like it and so i watched uh, some trailers i watched a little gameplay i watched um you know some some reviews and that kind of it stuff it is complicated and this is this is the one thing that i think i uh, it's it's how do i want to say this i think at least for me you have to strike a very careful balance you know because on the one hand, yes, some users want to have total customization. Mm-hmm. They want to deal with politics. They want to deal with uh, religion or spirituality. They want to deal with economics. They want to deal with, you know, war, war, right? Like who and what your people are or what your characters yeah. are, like how they look. Other other people like the kind of preset, like just give me some presets or some choices to make, kind of choose your own adventure style strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite frankly... The only reason that I really haven't kind of dove into Stellaris is number one, I'd still be playing on a laptop, and I would love, you know, it lo- that looks like a game where I want to have a monitor, I want to like sit down and play. You want to be able to zoom in and I look at those zoom- planets exactly. But it 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 has all of the hallmarks of something that I think I would really like in a game: space. Oh yeah, resources. Yeah, uh, and then all the other facets, right? So economics and technology and, and politics. Well, and and I think that those those facets do also lend themselves generally to strategy games involve all of those things. Mining resources and managing resources, mm-hmm. which is really important. And then also, you know, like dealing with both politics, dealing with factions within your like within your empire that you have to deal with, you know, usually like either religious or like mm-hmm. um they can be warring factions even. Mm-hmm. Um and I and I think that like all of those different different like it's the nuance of the game that really brings someone into it and the more complicated the game the harder it is to get into and to really learn everything yeah um i mean i've played hundreds of hours of solaris and that's the only reason i know like every little menu and i'm like oh i make need to make sure that my food stores on this planet are increased for the next winter i those are winter in space but you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean and, and that's the one thing where it's like i you know We've talked about this before. We talked about this in the first video game uh, podcast. Is that like the way I play games now is like I'm just so less likely just because I know I can't. Like I you don't have the time. <laughs> I can't put a hundred hours in. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, which is why actually that's one of the things that also maybe I can kind of spin this around and say that like whenever I'm looking for games though, like on my phone, yeah. <laughs> for example, like games I can just play like kind of in a flash. Sure. Yeah. Um, I do also tend to look for strategy games. Rather than the just kind of like, you know, like uh, what, what what's like the word I'm looking for? Pinball or something. Like pinball or like uh, you know matching three colors or oh, like, yeah, like yeah, Candy yeah. Crush and you yeah. know certainly I have 
I've played Candy Crush and those games, but I kind of like those, or I like the um, like tower defense yeah, kind of sure. like strategy. Well, and those are also considered strategy games, I think. And exactly. those are a little bit faster. Exactly. And I think that there are definitely strategy games that are faster paced, and most real time strategy games are. I mean, you look at you look at Age of Empires, and you can sit down and play a full match in like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, Civ is a different story. Civ is hours, days. It is, and so I'm trying to remember like when I purchased the game. I purchased it when it came out. Yeah, and I've played two campaigns. Okay, yeah, exactly. But it takes forever. But you see, and so just to give listeners uh, an idea, I'm pretty sure it came out at least a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. I was in Australia, so it would be about a year and a half ago. Yeah, like I think ago. it came out in like, I think I got it December or like right around New Year's mm-hmm. of whatever year that was. Um, yeah. And yeah, I've, I've played two campaigns and it, and it's, <laughs> that's the thing. Like I just, number one, that says a couple things about me. Number one, it says, uh, well, it says the game is long and the campaigns are long. Yeah. But number two, it says that, like, I also don't have, like, time to sit down and play, you know, 12 hours at a time oh, or yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah, no, you know? for sure. And, like, I don't think most people do. And I think I've actually seen recently kind of a shift away from the longer form ones. And there definitely are still those. Um, uh, the people that play, they're called Paradox Games. It's the studio that makes them. Yeah, I've heard um, that. Stellaris. Yeah. Um, then there's Europa Universalis 4. Mm. And there's also um, Crusader Kings 2. Um, Hearts of Iron. Um, these games are really, really in depth, and they're super specific, and they're really hard, and they take hundreds and hundreds of hours to even scratch the surface of what you can do. So, but then you have games like um, like Tooth and Tail came out last year, and it's a smaller indie game, but it's a strategy game that you can play in like 15 minutes. You can play a whole match in like 15 minutes, and you can also there's games like um, like Darkest Dungeon I would consider a strategy game, which is kind of a a nice hybrid. Um, where it's turn-based strategy, but also it's kind of like an adventure game. So Okay. Yeah. So what about this, though? I've also heard, um, actually, it was kind of strange. I, I encountered this guy in the library. <laughs> Just like, this is like a total academic story. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, we got to talking. Long story short, he says, like, we talk about games, and he says he's really into, he only plays one game. Okay. And he's really into Kerbal Space Station? It's Kerbal Space Program. Or Kerbal Space Program. Yeah. So my understanding, so I didn't know anything about this. I had never heard of it. The space program is intense. But that's what I, that's, that's the thing. Like I looked into it. I'm like, this seems ridiculously like you need to know in depth. You need to know what the word periapsis means to even have a chance (laughs) to be the landing on the moon. But because my, my understanding is, okay. So if I have this correct and you probably know, you can correct me more. I probably have played about 20 hours of Kerbal Space Program and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Okay. So you have (laughs) played, so you've played at least, right? Yeah, yeah. So the premise is to just build a spaceship. Mm-hmm. And you and it depends on what you want. You can have just an unlimited budget if you play like in free play mode. There's also like a mode where like you are given a budget and you have to meet that budget. And every time you send a rocket up, if you do well, like you're given more money and more grants to then build more spaceships. And it's literally like NASA simulator. But that's that's my point is that it's so the point is to build it. But it's also like they have they had like consultants from NASA because like all the yes. science is like very precise in this game. Right. Oh, yeah. So like you literally have to know. It's, did you find it educational or is it just overwhelming and oppressive? It. <laughs> I found the video tutorials that I watched educational. <laughs> because but so, here's the here's the fun part is you can also if you play the free play mode you can also just slap like forty two ton rockets onto the onto like a little plane and just blow it up and it's it's okay. honestly 
pretty entertaining. <laughs> so it's like it's everything from like the the amount of propulsion that you have, like oh, yeah. the amount of fuel, the you type use, of engines you're using, the trajectory you're using, like the uh, angles at which you angles. place the wings. Yeah. And so, then and then when you when you stop, you know, like you have to stage your rockets out. So you have like first stage uses, you know, how much solid fuel you have to burn through all that solid fuel because solid fuel you can't stop like liquid fuel. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I've already learned this from the game. And then so you obviously you have to jettison that over the ocean because you or you have to have put a parachute on so it doesn't blow up a city. On your second stage, you have to know how many angles to rotate so that you can enter orbit around the Earth. And then at cer- a certain point, when you reach periapsis, which is your lowest or er, apoapsis, it's your apoapsis or periapsis. And one of them is your highest point away from Earth when you're orbiting in an elliptical. And that's when you change your trajectory to make your uh, to make your run to orbit the moon. And then from there, you can build up space stations to then get to Mars, other ones like that. You can tell I've learned a lot from this game. Apparently. And that concludes <laughs> the nerdiest section of residual <laughs> culture ever. But I mean, I, I guess what I'm fascinated, I'm fascinated by the game because it seems like, is this a recruitment tool from NASA? Like yeah, if, you, if, dude, you, honestly, if you do well at this game, do you think you could actually pursue I think that so aero, here, here's aero an interesting science. thing actually is I used to teach a summer class at TMCC the local community college to uh to youths to, to younger children <laughs> to who, the youth to the youth um that sometimes they, it was a lot of them were um socially awkward um and so this was a good way for them to communicate and and like learn and play with each other and it's a good way for people to interact and so the game that I used was Minecraft um, because sure. I think kids are totally drawn to Minecraft. It's an easy game to learn and pick up. But then kids, a lot of the kids, their parents, like one of the, they came back and they're like, oh, this is great. Like, I'm glad that like, you know, John is like t- talking to people and like a, he's much, they're more open to willing to, and willing to talk to each other when they can type instead of when they have to look at you face to face. Yeah. I found that's the thing that children these days are used to. And I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It says something about our society, I'm sure. Kids these days. Yeah, right. But um, I had a lot of parents and students that come back and they were like, we want to do something more complicated and more in-depth and more like learning a skill or learning about something. And Kerbal Space Program, I think, was a great game to do that. I never had a chance to do it because our funding got cut. Mm. <laughs> but I, that was going to be my next class was teaching kids Kerbal Space Program. And it, obviously very rudimentary stuff. But yeah, I think that there is a really good way to 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 spark someone's interest in the space. And like from there, I think you could go on to to NASA or whatever. And I'm not saying like you would need to be good at this game and then you're going to be a good rocket scientist. Right, right. But there are, but like, I guess the point is like you can learn real life principles of rocket science. Yeah, yeah. And it's awesome. And I think that's what's really cool about video games. And I think that's what's really cool about strategy video games. Well, that was where I was going to go with this because one of my other questions is like, and this is one of the things that it just gets me sometimes because you manage so many, like in a strategy game, you manage so many resources. You, you have to. I mean, you, you have to think all pa- in, a, in parallel. You have to keep everything going all at once. But then, for what? <laughs> you know what I mean? For world domination, Ben. But see, okay, no, great, granted, yes, love it, right? But at the same time, you know, at sometimes I just feel like you're just you know chasing virtual credits or whatever, just <laughs> to you know, for what? Well, I mean, isn't that what every video game is? Yeah, but but some of them are a little bit more... There's a point, right? Like, there's, like, a reason you're doing it. Or it's not a point. It's just, like, just see if you can get the highest score. Sure. Or... Okay. Well, that is a point. See if you can, you know, have a good season in this sports game. Or okay. see if you can win... There's some, there's some goal. You know what I mean? Whereas strategy games 
Uh, it's just to it's, be. Well, it depends on some... the game. I think like you look at StarCraft, it's it's one v one or four v or two v two, and like there or or four v all, like you know four v or no like one v four, one v one v one v one. Yes. And like those games, there's a goal. Like you kill everybody, you wipe and, out your opponents, and, and that's I, it. And I get that because then you you get the satisfaction of saying like I'm better than all these people. Yeah. Like I win. But like yeah. when you're looking at games like Stellaris, and you're just like, well, there's no like real goal. Right. Or like civilization. Yeah, I love that. I think it's great. I think that that really encourages creativity in people. I think it encourages you to come up with your own goals. And I think that that's important because in life, there's no like goal, right? Like when you when you're born, you're not like, I guess you're like supposed to go to college and and, and get a degree and then get a job for, you know, generally speaking, maybe you're not, maybe that's not your path. But like, that's kind of what people see in their life. But that's all like arbitrarily placed on you like your goals in life are just you know where do you want to go in life and how are you going to get there you place them for yourself and i think that that's what's really cool about strategy video games that are have a broader idea is that you set your own goals see i like that but at the same time it's too much it's overwhelming well it, it can be overwhelming but i guess that's actually one of the things that i'm i'm not quite sure that i appreciate about civilization <laughs> and it's only because it seems to be fairly linear-ish, or sure. there, there are like certain path dependencies. You know what I mean? Basically, just try to take over the world, or well, survive someone else trying to take over the or world, or survive. And but there are, you know, and there's different ways you can win, right? Mm -hmm. That's but, true. And and so I just tried. So for example, you know, my first campaign, I tried the the military victory. You mm -hmm. know, I just tried to like kill everybody else, <laughs> and I won. And I was like, oh, nice. the game just ended. Like, okay, out of nowhere, seemingly, I just got this screen. It's like, hey, you took over the world and blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, all right, now for my second campaign, I'm just going to try to do something different. So I tried to do like a cultural victory, right? Okay. Like great works of art and science and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I'm losing. <laughs> like I'm at the end of the campaign. I'm like, just end it already. Or like, when is it going to say me. I'm going to be done? Because... I'm in like second place on everything. Yeah. And the winner of course is the military. The so military I'm just guy. and maybe maybe I got unlucky for two. Maybe I didn't maybe I wasn't aggressive enough earlier in the game, but I think that with civilization when you're playing with the computer and not with other people, it yeah. is the computer is kind of programmed to just do military victory. Well, and there's the other point of this is like if I'm going to play with other people, I guess you have you all have to agree to like sign on and play for a little bit that's and not necessarily true like i've played games where like i go for a military victory and then like i'm like about to like wipe this dude out and all of a sudden he wins with a science victory because he's been thinking about that and like i wasn't even thinking about it and like he beat me to the punch he was faster at built like building a building science than yeah. i was at wiping him out so how but how long did that game last i mean if you're looking at age of empires which is what i usually played like i don't know two hours maybe Okay. That wasn't a civilization game. That was not about? a civilization game. I've never done that in a civilization That's, game. I just don't understand. I mean... Maybe it's just civilization. I don't know, man. It might be unbalanced. Could be. <laughs> I don't know. Either that or I'm just not willing to jump in. Yeah. You know? Well, and then I, I, I would like to talk about some other strategy games, which Let's one that we've been playing a lot recently, and I, I'm hesitant to call it a strategy game, although I, I think it is. It's Hearthstone. Yeah. I, I guess it is. I don't know. It's weird. It's a card game. It's a, it's a trading card game. It's yeah. Like, it's like Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon. Or magic. Or magic, the, the best gathering. the best one. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Let's <laughs> uh, let's be honest. We still have to play. We still really do have to still have to play magic. Yeah. I like magic more than Hearthstone. I have a lot of problems with Hearthstone, but I do play it mainly because you're playing it and I think it's fun. Well it's it, like especially with you. <laughs> did you play magic first before Hearthstone? I did play magic before Hearthstone, yeah. Okay. So but I kind of got into them at the same time. That's interesting. Well, and here's here's the thing that I 
I appreciate about Hearthstone and why I've been playing it so much mm-hmm. is because I think in Hearthstone, what they did is they they designed out two of the most frustrating parts of magic. Sure. Oh, land. Yeah. So like number one is like a mana supply or your land supply, yeah. right? Um, and in Hearthstone, it's just every turn you get a new, like one additional resource. Yeah. You know, for those, it's a it's a gem or a crystal or yeah. whatever. Um, so like each player is on the same kind of footing that way. Now there are cards that can accelerate that or or you know set you back a little bit, but for the most part, it's just like kind of turn based, mm-hmm. and then trying to strategize about the best way to use your cards. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I'll say that I think that was nice that they designed out is like when you attack another character, you can specify who you want to attack. Mm-hmm. Whereas in magic, you just declare that you're attacking with a, a creature Yeah, and, and then, then your opponent gets to assign a defender. Yeah. You know, whereas in Hearthstone, it's like, no, th- this, this beast is going to attack that mushroom or whatever. I like the headiness of magic a little bit more in that you do have to understand that like oh my opponent may not sacrifice their beast they may just take this to the face or yes. they may sacrifice that beast and not take it to the face and i do i guess that's part of like one of the reasons i like it but at the same time it it goes both ways right because there are those additional layers and like this kind of some it, it has to be a rigid order of operations mm-hmm. in magic because that's where all of the questions and the kind of um debates come in. Sure. I think Hearthstone know? is a lot harder than magic. I although magic is so massive, it it, it that's, gets overwhelming. Yeah. But I wouldn't say it's hard. Yeah. I think it's easier to to be good at magic. Well, that's tricky because again, people are so into magic. And it also do with on what whatever like what you get. You, like what cards you can get. Yeah, you know which what I mean? also I don't like. And that's what I don't like about both of them. Same thing with Hearthstone. It's exactly. like gambling. It it yeah, I mean especially if you don't want to spend any money. It's well, even if you do want to spend money, it's like gambling. You don't know what you're spending your money on. That's really. true. You can't buy like individual cards, yeah. really, which is interesting. Whereas in Magic, if you know you need a card, you like go to your mm. local card shop and get it. Well, and you can, we could talk about that with like a bunch of different video games. I mean, Overwatch, and I mean, these aren't strategy video games. I mean, even Call of Duty, they have loot boxes, which have become a big problem in gaming. Mm. I mean, you look at, uh, I think it's it's um, Belgium outlawed loot boxes mm. in video games because it is, it, I, and I totally agree. I think it's it's virtual gambling. Yeah, and so, and you need to, and like in China, like if if you have like a, the, if you have a chance to get something, like if you're paying money and you have a fifty percent chance to to unlock like a new card or something, right? Right. The developer of the game has to legally tell you what your actual percentage chance is of actually getting that. Yeah. So, yeah. Would love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, by the way, just uh, on a on a side note, um, I've been Hearthstone laddering. Yeah. Lately. Mm-hmm. Increased another level. Yeah. Now, to those of you that don't know, I, I looked up like the probabilities and stuff. So you start at what, like level twenty five. something, twenty five? Yeah, mm-hmm. you start at twenty five and then you work your way up or like down, I guess, to, to number one, one, right? But uh, the it's way really that hard. the way that the matchmaking works is that you're paired with people kind of in your local region um, as you go up, and you're paired with people at the same rank as you. And so previously, I think I told you I was like, oh man, it's great. I'm like level nineteen or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, you level five, six times. Uh, but if you can get to level 15, that means you are better than 75% of the people in your region. Interesting. I'm at level 16, yo. Uh-oh. You're yeah, almost I'm there, man. I'm working on it. You're I'm almost the it. king of the nerds. I'm working on it. Um, there. Are, <laughs> let's, let's, 
let's i'm sorry let's jump back a little bit to some other strategy games all right uh i want to talk about some that maybe don't necessarily involve resource and are just purely chess based kind of okay um because i like that about some games too is that you don't have to worry about resources it's just purely like this unit beats this unit because you messed up and didn't think about where to put them Okay. Um, and I think that XCOM is a really good way of looking at that. And that XCOM goes back a long t- a long time. Xbox, XCOM, the first XCOM came out, I, th- I think, like, right around when I was born, like, the ni- like mid-90s. Okay. Um, obviously, I, didn't, I haven't I, played it. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't played it. Yeah. Um, I played XCOM 3, um, like, UFO Defense or something. Um, it, it's, it's dated and old, and it was hard for me to get into. Um, but, like, the modern XCOM games are purely, like, you have units, they have guns, and the aliens have units, and they have guns. And you have to position them, and you have a percentage chance of hitting them. And what I think is really interesting about this game is that you you never have, you almost never have a 100% chance of hitting someone. So if you're aiming and shooting at someone, like, you just click it. And you don't actually, like, have to aim in the game. You just click and tell the guy to shoot. Um, you always have the chance of missing, and so you... If you miss, it's it's not your fault, It's and it's frustrating, but also you just have to plan for that. You have to assume that you're going to miss some shots, and so you have to mitigate. You don't want to take risks. You mitigate risk is the entire part is the entire point of the game. I find, hmm. um, and, and I think it, it it's a difficult game for people to play because it is just mitigating risk, which I think is the same thing in chess, but kind of the opposite. Chess is you're trying to outsmart your opponent. You're trying to put them in a place where they think that they're gonna get the upper hand on you, and then they've made a huge mistake, and they've left themselves open. And I think that the same thing is true with XCOM, except it's a little bit difficult because sometimes you don't see all your enemies. And so you're still just trying to... You, I think mitigating risk is a really interesting way of putting a lot of strategy games. Okay. It's like you're not necessarily like finding resources, yeah. but you're, 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 playing, you're playing on a field. It's going to take an hour or 20 minutes. XCOM games take are really fast. Um, okay. And that mitigation of risk is, is, is like what makes them so different and so special and what... I think is a really interesting way of playing games. Yeah, no, and I do think that's also pretty common. Well, I guess it would be common in a lot of different games, certainly not all games, but um, that idea of mitigating risk, uh, mm-hmm. just because you do, you kind of hope something works out, and then when it doesn't, you can be really frustrated <laughs> Yeah. or not. Yeah, you know? and I think like you look at games like FTL and Into the Breach, which are, which are uh, newer games, and they're also very similar to that. Okay. Um, I also, the last kind of strategy game I wanted to talk yeah. about was... Uh, like architecture games and like city building games. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so actually, you, yeah, that's true. I mean, actually, like the original Sim City was one of the, I would say, then one of the original like strategy games that I played as well. Yeah, and I don't know if you would consider them, like, I don't know if they're builder games. I don't know if you would consider them strategy or not, but I, I kind of put them in that category. I think so. I mean, I guess you're not controlling I units. I can't think of a counterexample, yeah. but you know what I mean. Like, I can't think. Can you think of a builder game that you would not consider strategy? Or no. are you just saying it's like kind of a sub? It's a, it's a subgenre. It's the, yeah. you know the westerns of video games. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, what I think is interesting about city builders is like you're not controlling units; you're building, and it's usually a little less yeah. violent. Usually. Yeah, unless you unleash a monster on your city, which I used to do when I was six. Yeah. Just type in the cheat code. It was fun. Type yeah. in the cheat code to bring an alien down Godzilla or, or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, Prison Architect, I think, is a great game, exemplifies that. You literally have to be the architect of a prison, and if you mess up, the prisoners escape and start killing guards and stuff. <laughs> it's really fun. Interesting. It's very interesting I haven't game. played that. What is that? Where do you... What? What? Steam. So it's on Steam? I play all these games on Steam, hmm. which is the, uh, the, the hub for PC gaming, I would say. But yeah. Do we want to... Yeah. Do we want to get into some uh, uh, emergent culture and then... 
Yeah, there? sure. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Let's see what we can find. Cool. And we are back. And we watched a trailer from uh, E3 this year, E3 2018, uh, Total War Three Kingdoms. Yeah. Uh, so this is part of the Total War um, series? Franchise. Franchise. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which is funny because uh, the my friend Travis, the guy who was really into StarCraft and StarCraft Two, mm. he also was really into, for a while, uh, Rome Total War. Rome Total War, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure that he will... He's got his eyes on this one for sure. Sure. Uh, have you played Total War? Uh, I have played Total Warhammer 2, which is from the Warhammer universe, actually. Okay. Uh, and I have also played um, Medieval 2 Total War. Total War Medieval 2. Do you like them? Uh, yes. They're really complicated. I, I, They're a little bit much for me. Um, it's really all about battle strategy. Like, this game is like, got to yeah. position your pikemen here and then your horses here. And I'm like... This is not my style, really. Sure. Um, and so I do like the idea of the game, which is like there's an overworld map where it is kind of like chess. Like everything is turn-based. Okay. And then like when you one of your armies ends up either at like an enemy city or your, your, or your army meets an enemy army like in the field, then it like zooms in and then you do like army tactics. Okay. Um, yeah, by the way, that's totally my friend Travis. Yeah, it's and it's cool. <laughs> it's really cool. Those who know Travis. Shout out to like, Travis. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, it's definitely really, T-Strong. It's really cool. But it's a bit much for me, and it's it, it's really overwhelming because there's lots of units fighting all at once. You got sure. like, your archers dealing with you know like your, your sword, your 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 dudes with the shields, and it's cool and it's really fun to watch. And it's really like grand scale battles, so it's really fun to like watch your two armies kind of just collide. Can I tell you a side story? Yeah, somewhat related. Yeah. So Travis, this guy that's really into total war and strategy mm-hmm. games, he also had as a high school project. He was just like something that he wanted to do, like before he dies. He wants to construct a working trebuchet. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so good. So yeah, trebuchet. Uh, if you've uh, it. if you ever go on Reddit, you should uh, check out this r slash trebuchets. Is there a trebuchet? It's really like, subreddit. It's really popular. About like making trebuchets? Just no, just pictures of them. Just pictures of them. But they always they always oh, post man. they always post pictures of like of like um. We bali- got to tag we got to tag Travis for of this ballistas episode. or something, and then they're like, look at this inferior war machine. <laughs> <laughs> it's great, it, and I am sure that they are. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Anyway, so what do you think about this uh, Three Kingdoms total? Cool. It looks cool. It's a uh, it, it's it's a uh, I believe <sighs> I believe it's Japan. What do you mean? Like I believe that's where it takes place. The three kingdoms are like Jap- the Japanese. King- like I think it's like a Japanese based. Was it? Yeah, they were. It was all- Chinese. No. Was it? It might have been. I think so. Uh, I don't know. I think it was Chinese. I- I'm not. I'm. I apologize. I'm not good with my. Asian well, and the other reason I say that is because I think they mentioned like South South South. I my I you know my pronunciation is horrible, but C A O C A O. Okay. Cow cow, South South. Um. Anyways, this is ancient, you know, Chinese. Yeah. So here's the thing, though, that I'm I'm wondering, not that I'm wondering, but that always gets me with this kind of game. We watch this trailer. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Oh yeah. Right. Cin- Beautiful. Very cinematic. Very cinematic. But then I'm looking at this. I'm like, I've seen the Total War games. This is not what they look like. <laughs> if you zoom out and you're just like watching like little dots and then you, move and yeah, and then each you, other. yeah, and then like the actual gameplay is like you moving blocks of little dudes towards each other and toward towards a castle. Whereas like they got these beautiful cinematic cutscenes, but like. 
and they're showing like you know guys running into battle to do battle and i'm thinking at that point i'm thinking of like dynasty warriors yeah yeah and i love dynasty wars just that run and just you know slash just everybody just a bunch of people coming at you like i love just fighting it off just click it just clicking away you know (laughs) clicking x or whatever those are great games to turn your brain off that's what i love to do when i game yeah (laughs) basically yeah so anyways Um, looks cool yeah it looks cool uh, and hey, I won't play it. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> I might, I might check it out. I've played a couple of Total War games. The Total Warhammer games are a bit overwhelming for me, but I did. Uh, they were cool. I thought the Total Warhammer games were fun because you got like orcs and stuff. So it's like a little bit more like, oh man, this dude's casting a spell. And I'm like, that's kind of more my my speed. I like I like me some mythology. Sure. Um. Yeah. But yeah, those strategy games. I mean, I know I, I've, it's a Joey heavy episode. I apologize. Which is fine. And it's and the thing Everyone's is listening for you though, Ben, let's be honest. No, false. <laughs> uh the thing though that I I you know, like I've played strategy games, but like I just never you know, there are very few that I really got into. In fact, I would say in terms of video games, even less, but like certainly like board games. You know, well, like maybe we can do an episode on board games because I'm really into board yeah, games. Yeah, we should probably circle back. But here's the other I'm thing. I'm really like, into board games. I also acknowledge that I'm also a casual when it comes to board <laughs> Look games. Look at this casual. Look at this you, casual. You mean here. video games? Yeah. What's that? You mean video games or board games? No, for board games also. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we've got a recommendation for next week. I know we haven't done we it in a do, while, but yeah. we're gonna we're gonna we're, we're trying to get our mojo back. We're trying to kind of organize ourselves a little bit more. We feel like we've been we've been recording really out of order. The summer gr- graduation. I'm a real human now. To- <laughs> totally scattered. <laughs> we, yeah, but now we're like summertime. It's like catching up on some watching some stuff and yeah. getting back to the groove. Anyway, so you've got a recommendation for me next week because next week we're doing. Well, here's the thing. I think we should, as we saw, as we said, getting back to our roots. We're going to review, revisit music a little bit. And but documentaries. Exactly. We're going to make it rock docs. Heck yeah. So we'll talk about some of the best rock documentaries that are out there. I'm all about it. All this stuff. So I've got one that I want you to watch, sure. and I think you'll appreciate it. It's called Anvil. Oh, right. Okay. I've heard of Anvil. Yeah. Didn't I? I, I think either I mentioned- I think you've brought it up before. I've brought it up before. Maybe uh, with Phil. Yeah. Did we talk about it with Phil, I yeah. think? Yeah. Um, during the Westerns episode. But sure. yeah, watch Anvil and because, yes- I've heard about it. I've never watched legit. it. But... So good. And I, it, last I checked, it, it is still on Netflix, so it should okay. be readily accessible for you. I think I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I don't know if I've ever seen the whole thing. So. Gotta watch and it. And it's been a long time, so- In fact, I'll probably watch it again just to- Just to enjoy it. Watch it again. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, so Rock Docs next week. We're getting into it. That's yep. awesome. And we, that, it's nice. It's a nice bridge between music and movies too. Exactly. We talk about some music. Talk about some movies. Yep. Talk I about like everything it. in between. Talk about how we feel. I like it. And speaking of music, our music this week is Finder by People with Bodies. Yeah, you can uh, you can you can email us at residualculturepodcast at gmail You can also find us on all the social media. Just search for Residual Culture Podcast either on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Hey Ben, I've been posting on Instagram more. Hey, that's solid. Yeah, go check it out. You can see Ben's uh, summer outfit. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I, Did you, about I don't that. know if you've seen that or not. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I, I forgot about it. Yeah, but yeah, do, uh, check those out. Also, uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really, really does help us. Uh, it kind of brings people to the podcast. And also, you can support us on Patreon, where you can hear a uh, the bonus content. Uh, this week, we chatted with uh, Ruben Kimmelman, a grad student, about uh, Nacho Libre, uh, fish, fish... Insemination. Yep. <laughs> and, and and a little bit of Weezer at the and end. And a little bit of Weezer. So yeah, yeah check it out. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. I've been Joey Lovato. I'm Ben Birkenbein. Get into it. <laughs>